listening to the sermons of the late Pastor Frank Hampton Jr., who pastored the Church of God in Jackson, Michigan from 1963 to 2018. If you would like to learn more about Pastor Hampton or the Church of God, please visit our website at www.churchofgodjackson.com. Again, that's www.churchofgodjackson.com. We hope you enjoy the message. God bless. chapter number 20, Acts 20. Uh, begin at verse number 16, if you will. For Paul had determined. Paul was determined. To sell by Ephesus. Sell by Ephesus. Because he would not spend the time in Asia. All right. For he hasted, if it were possible for him, to be at Jerusalem the day of Pentecost. Go on, please. And from Miletus, he spent, sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church. All right. And when they were come, when they to, were him, come to him, he said unto them, he said unto them ye, know ye know from the first, from the day, first that day that I came into Asia, that I came into Asia after what manner, after what manner I have been with, you, have been at with you at all seasons, serving the Lord, serving the with, Lord all with all humility of mine, of mine. And, with many tears and with many tears and temptations, and temptations which befell, befell me, me by the lying in wait of the Jews. And how I kept back, how I nothing, kept back nothing that was profitable unto you, All right. but have showed, showed you, you and have taught you, and publicly, taught you publicly and, and from house uh, to house. All right then, go on. Testifying both to the Jews yes. and also to the Greeks, mm -hmm. repentance toward God yes. and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. All right. And now, behold, I go bound in the spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there, Save that, Save the, that Holy the Holy Ghost witnesses in every, in every city, city, saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. But none of these things, of these move, things me, move me, neither count I my life dear unto right. myself, mm -hmm. so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. Thank you, thank you. Now I go bound in the spirit. That's our thought tonight, bound in the spirit. Now you'll have to analyze these things to get the uh, benefit from it. Paul had established a church, a congregation in Ephesus. And he had diligently taught them and now he had no particular dwelling or no mean city, the Bible says. But uh, he was so uh, affected and in the spirit that he had no agenda of his own. You follow me, sir? You want let me tell you something. We are in a serious predicament. People are too willing to settle for the commonplace. Uh, they're more worldly than they realize this. You know, 
when uh, Demas had been with Paul all those years, preaching, performing with him, uh, the Bible says, Demas, says Paul, have forsaken me, having loved this present world. Now, study the history. I don't find where Demas went to a bar or even through all these contests and all this kind of thing. But he wanted just to live a normal life, not a, not a spiritual life. And the normal life, of course, is eating and drinking and, you know, and, and I mean, and catering to the flesh. More than that which is necessary. Sensual. See, sensuality does not always pertain to sexual promiscuity. See, sensuality means catering to the senses. Your devotion is to your senses, feelings, sensations. That's what it's all about. That's where all this perversion, all this stuff comes from. What? Sensual. And uh, having not the spirit. Paul's all right. Listen. So, uh, I have a, excuse me. So, I have a, gone from place to place. I've taught you diligently. And now I'm bound in the spirit. You follow me? In other words, I came here and I, I did not have any particular route to travel and where we were stopping along the way. But I'm bound in the spirit. I looked at the definition of those words. I'm bound mean under compulsion, being compelled. I am propelled or actuated by the spirit. I don't mean an occasional thing. That's the situation. Let me tell you, Jordan. There are so many who started off in the spirit, like the Galatians, but they end up in the flesh. They started off sacrificing everything for the fullness of God's spirit and God's approval and to be used mightily of God. But they ended up even, uh, striving uh, for earthly advantages. And certain statuses, you follow me? And after a while, you just drop off into the commonplace. Mm. Having church like everybody else. Everybody having church. TDJ got 37,000 thousand people. Everybody having church. And everybody shouting and jumping. But this is the situation, truly. But uh, I don't know a single one that I could label as totally spiritual. And, they were, and I had to study myself. See, because listen, see, I had to deal with myself before I dump something on you. Listen, wait a minute. Now, uh, now, what is my chief desire? I don't mean a lot of, just a lot of random thinking now. In actuality, see, I can preach and still my objective is to satisfy myself in this world and to see how far I can get and to enjoy the best of both worlds. You follow, you follow me? Because I'm bound in the spirit. I have no gender. I have no schedule. You follow me? I'm not clamoring for anything. No place. And uh, my only concern in this life is to be actuated by the Spirit. I want to show you something, Julian. You'll find that Paul and Jesus had a common parallel. What? The most spiritual and, and youth of God. Uh, he... Don't find, you don't find where in any particular schedule. He said, I want to be in uh, Jerusalem at the day of Pentecost. 
uh, that was a time when God, people would gather together. You follow me? Listen, listen, listen. Uh, every act that we perform, every pursuit in this life, we should pray it through. My God. Wait a minute now. And we can't prioritize the flesh. You know, the one I can recall. See, God reads the contents of our heart. He knows our desires. You follow me? Uh, came from a small town. And I was so involved in athletics, getting scholarships all over the country and whatnot. And uh, so uh, that was what I wanted. That was my life, my delight. I never, of course, never predated the time of dope and all that kind of stuff. I never knew nothing about that. But anyway, that's the situation. And uh, I would, I, had a, I wanted to do what's right. But I had some, some ambitions that I wanted to fulfill. And when I got saved, those desires were still before me. And those offers were before me. And, but I could sense with the little spiritual knowledge that I had, that I cannot have a, a dual uh, desire. I, I can't be, have two minds. Right. You're all together one, all together the other. Yes, so that means trying to intermingle our, fir, our uh, earthly desires and quest with the spirit. So you're trying to be spiritual, but you want to be worldly too. You want the best of both worlds. That's why we got Babylon today. What, you know, uh, and and say so you can't live holy and all this kind of stuff. They want to live in the flesh. That's why... A Catholicism is so uh, numerically strong what you can live in the flesh and try to live in the spirit too. Satisfy the flesh and confess to the priest. You can have both. And, th and that's what if people don't want to just be a profligates, just some outsider, just doing everything they're big enough to do. But they want to be spiritual and physical. You follow me? And they want to listen. We might do it in a milder fashion. We don't maybe go out in sexual promiscuity and, and, and bars and, and, all this, and, uh, and rap clubs and all this kind of stuff. But here's, here's the situation, see, children. That, but you don't have to go that far. Jesus, and in the gospel, said going to be that the days of Noah. But you notice the thing that he mentioned. See, when we need to study the word of God here, notice the thing that he mentioned when he said the thing that uh, caused the flood would cause the people to be in the same predicament when Jesus comes again, as in the days of Noah. There's a parallel there. It, the, as in the days of Noah, but here's the appalling aspect of it. He said, but they're going to do it until Jesus comes. They did it until Noah closed the ark door, and, and they're not going to stop. All that Noah preached, he couldn't tell them. The greatest anointing in the world. And this is the situation, shouldn't it? Just go and preach it to somebody. That don't mean you're in because you go and preach to somebody. Or go out on the street and put a tent up, children. Here's the situation here. You got to be in the spirit. Otherwise, you come to nothing. Maybe some little superficial uh, uh, testimonies or something of the sort. But this is the situation here now. Even at this moment, regardless of the success that we might have, but unless it's actuated by the spirit, it, it, there's no foundation there. And unless I'm bound in the spirit, well, I'm going to try to get the best of both. Get the prestige, the honor, and whatever else that, that's to be offered, plus do some spiritual work. Hmm. Paul said, I'm, listen, bound means to be compelled. 
uh, you're, you're, you're tied up. If they would bind me, put a rope around me. Well, uh, I'm at the command of those who bound me. See, I'm bound by the Spirit, then I'm, I'm in, in the command of the Spirit itself. The Spirit binds me. Whoever man is born into bondage, that's his, that's his boss. You, you follow me? Now, if I'm bound by, the, by sin, then you do what the devil says. If I'm bound by the Spirit, I do what the Holy Ghost says. Altogether. I don't mean sporadically, sometimes do and sometimes don't, a part-time thing, all the time. Every step I take. It, I mean, this is where it is. Now, you might think that's too extreme. Well, living free from sin is too extreme for Babylon. That's why you say you can't live from freedom because that, that's too extreme. Too, too, I got to do this. I can't do this. I can't do this. I got to walk lightly. I got to pray always. Well, wait a minute. That's, that's too much to expect. And nobody can do it. And so they forget it. You say, well, to be just bound by the Spirit. Listen, see, I can't, I can't have no, no earthly quest, ambition. I'd have been lost today. When I was in charge, it's the first sermon, I was in charge of a church over there. Karen, remember this in Detroit? And uh, at all kinds of offers. But uh, I knew enough to know that to clamor for position, I let the Holy Ghost or uh, mix the way and, and com uh, under compulsion, well, I'm just out there. And what, what is my motive? What is my motive? You know, I, I can say what I want to say, but what down, deep down within, what is my motive? Position? Earthly fame? Or what? Or to do something in the name of religion so I can feel good about it? Paul said, I'm going bound in the spirit. You, you follow, I want you to know this and let us follow this attitude clean through. I'm going bound in the spirit. I, I have no agenda. I don't know what to expect. But just read it, if you will. And now, uh -huh. behold, I go bound in the I spirit. I go bound. I'm, I'm tied up. I'm wrapped up by the spirit. I'm under the complete control of the spirit. I'm a slave to the spirit. Come on with it. I go bound in the spirit unto bound in Jerusalem. The spirit. Come on, come on. Not knowing the things that shall befall me there. I don't know whether I find a wife there. Uh, I don't know whether I find a good job making tents there. I don't know what I might find there, but I'm bound in the spirit, and it really doesn't matter. It really, I would, now, notice this attitude, children. I'm trying to get to the attitude here. That's what. It, it, it's not no superficial practice. It's not doing involvement in trying to follow somebody's pattern. But notice the attitude the man has, and this attitude was responsible for the power and the manifestation of the spirit that would work through him. For the attitude, come on with it. And now, behold. I go bound in the spirit yes. unto Jerusalem, mm -hmm. not knowing the things that shall befall me there. I, wait a minute. I, wait, hold it, hold it. You don't have to uh, uh, predict my course or uh, uh, tell me what I can expect. Some people, you, before they make a venture for God, you got to let them know what to expect, hmm. what kind of salary I'm going to get, and how long will I be there, and what I'm, all this kind of thing. Wait just a moment here. What is this? This is not no, no, no. Uh, Earthly pursuit. This is the kingdom. And the kingdom is spiritual kingdom. And for you to fit in, praise the Lord God, you've got to be a spiritual person. I'm mean, not say spiritual, I don't mean half spiritual and half worldly. Come on, come on with it. Save that the Holy Ghost yes. witnesseth in every city, mm -hmm. saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. Wait a minute, hold it. Uh, when, I went to the, to, when I moved to Michigan, well, I. I set out to go to a Big Ten school uh, at, at the University of Michigan. 
with the foot, because of the football and, and basketball for them. And so uh, that was my ambition. And that meant more than anything in life to me. Well, I can do the same thing in church. In fact, uh, when I called Benny Reed then, and I was the chairman of the pulpit committee, and I wanted to get him a pastor because I wasn't ready for it. And so I called him, and so he wanted to give me a salary to be his assistant. Well, and I coached him alone. I said, no, I'm not in that. I'm not in that at all. And he moved to Los Angeles. I could have been his assistant. And he ended up with the largest church in the movement, 5,000 people. I told him Crenshaw, but I went there. He had me to preach for him and all this kind of thing. But this is the situation. That, and, 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 uh, and he died. I wouldn't even be in the picture. I wouldn't even, well, actually, I didn't attend the funeral. I wasn't concerned about no offer. And then the next brother died. And now, of course, the church is going down, of course, but this is the situation, children. I, I feel no compulsion of the spirit. Okay, what kind of offer you give me? I'm not looking for that. I mean, in the flesh, I'm not going to do anything. If I'm not bound by the spirit, I have no success anyway. No real spiritual success. Your success comes because of the spirit. You find, read, let's follow this scenario through any success that they had spiritually. It was because of the spirit, not because of their expertise, not because of their abilities. Just get this straight, children. If they're not in the spirit, there'll be no spiritual success. And you wake, wake up, pray that with God. You can't make no, be wrong about this. Read. Save that the Holy Ghost witnesseth in every All city. that I know for sure is that the Holy Ghost will witness in every place. But now, whatever befall me otherwise, I don't know and don't really care. Hmm. He has a, that was a noble don't careism here. <laughs> it don't really matter to me. What, what, so long as I'm in the spirit, it doesn't matter. Whether I'm hungry or when I'm full, whether I get a, a little of the salary or not, nothing matters here. That's the attitude he had. But I want you to know that this attitude produced the most prolific uh, man beside Jesus in the Bible. That attitude, that attitude. That, I mean, he had, he act, that was real. He was not trying to prove no point. That was actually him. What I'm going bound in the spirit. Every step I take. Come on with it. And now, behold, I go bound in the spirit into right. Jerusalem, go on. not knowing the things that shall befall me. I there. don't know. You don't have to promise me anything. I don't know if I'm going to, whether I stop at the motel or whether there are any motels along the way. I might meet robbers, and they did get him on one occasion. And whatnot. I don't know what to expect. Surely, let me tell you something. When you get saved, you should be so concerned about being tied up by the Spirit. I don't know whether I get a husband or not. I don't know whether I get a wife or not. I don't know whether I do this or not. I'm not sure about this. And I, I don't know, I know God will take care of me. I'm not sure what kind of livelihood I'll have or whether they give me a lucrative job or whether I'll be able to pursue my profession. I don't know. Whether I'll be able to, use my, to throw my degree on the table or not. Hmm. I'm talking about spirituality. We're not talking about no churchianity, just having something and doing something in the name of religion and, and going home and singing some songs and a couple of shouts. Come on with it. Save that the Holy Ghost witnesseth in every All city. All that I know for sure, and this is what's prompting me, the Holy Ghost will witness in every city. I don't mean just talking out on the street corner. I mean the Holy Ghost witness, not me. There's a difference. See, I can get out on the street corner, have tent meetings and all this kind of witness to people as I call witness. But the Holy Ghost would, the Holy Ghost would bring conviction. The Holy Ghost bring the, is the real witness. I can study and, and go break doctrine down and all this kind of stuff, but the Holy Ghost gives the witness. You understand? I can convince people by my speech, but the Holy Ghost do the witnessing. Yes. 
And if you don't have the anointing, you're just beating and you just uh, 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 sounding brass and a tinkling cymbal. We're just making some spiritual noise. Come on with it. Say that the Holy Ghost witnesses in every, every city. Every city. Saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. Wait a minute. I want to show you something here. Watch this. Bonds and affliction abide me. Go on. But none of these things move me. Wait, wait, hold on. Uh, I don't get emotional about anything because of the detriment, the danger, the negativism, and the uncertainty of my future. That's no issue with me. I'm bound in the spirit. I'm bound. And listen, when you're bound in the spirit, get this, please. When you're bound in the spirit, the spirit takes responsibility of you. I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you. Just take your time with it. Listen, when you're bound in the spirit, the Holy Ghost takes uh, the responsibility for you. He's responsible for your survival. He's responsible for your placement. He's responsible for your future activity when you're bound in the spirit. I'm going to show you. Turn to, turn to Mark. Turn to Mark. Chapter 1. And I think I want maybe verse 11. Mark 1, 11, I believe it is. And there came a voice from heaven one. saying, uh -huh. Thou art my beloved son, one. in whom I am well pleased. All right. And immediately the spirit driveth him into the hold wilderness. Hold it, hold it, hold it. Wait a minute. See, we're not going to browse over this. Immediately, immediately what happened? And immediately the spirit driveth him the into spirit, the wilderness. Listen, he, he, was so, he was so relaxed in the Holy Ghost that the spirit drove him. You drive a car, you steer the car. You decide where the car goes. You decide where the stop will go. Well, the car doesn't decide that. He was driven by the Spirit. When you are bound by the Holy Ghost, you are driven by the Spirit. All these plans you are making for great success in life and all this kind of stuff. God, help us out here, children. Uh, where are your priorities? What, what do you prioritize? Is it the kingdom or your earthly success? You know, they want, let me tell you something. All over the country, when people talk, when they testify, God gave me a good job. God gave me, wait just a minute. What, did he give you a good experience? Did he give you a real Holy Ghost? Did he give you an anointing? Praise our God. An unusual anointing? I stayed before God, and I got an unusual anointing. But that's not, our, that's not the priority on our agenda. For the most part. They, would, they want to do something in the name of religion, but even though they have an ulterior motive in that. See, I can get, talk all the spiritual talk I want to, and I'll buy Jesus and this and that and the other, but with an ulterior motive, I got a hidden motive, an ulterior motive. My real motive is to do something to try to justify myself that I'm working for the Lord. You pray, you pray. Read a little more of that, Mark 1. And immediately the spirit driveth him into the wilderness. Driveth him to the wilderness. And he was there in the wilderness 40 days. 40 days. Tempted of Satan. Tempted of Satan. And was with the wild beasts. Go on. And the angels ministered yes. unto him. Mm -hmm. Now after that, John was put in prison. Listen, listen, listen. And he didn't eat or drink. He didn't have an ice cream fast. <laughs> and a Kentucky Fried Chicken fast. He didn't eat or drink in all those 40 days. Let me show you something. Listen, listen. Now, we know this. See, he went there as a man, not as a, as a, as a God. 
God don't need to fast. But he went there as a man. And uh, uh, physically, you cannot endure no 40 days without food, without perishing. But I'm going to show you something. When he was under the auspices of the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost took care of that. Mm-hmm. So don't you try it in the flesh. <laughs> Otherwise, you have no flesh. <laughs> you don't have to worry about no diet pills. <laughs> Come on. Read that again. And he was there in the wilderness uh-huh. 40 days, tempted of Satan, uh-huh. and was with the wild beasts, wild and me. the angels ministered Listen, listen. Him. Now, he was living under the auspices of the Spirit. Moses did the same thing. God sent him up on the mountain to receive the commandments. And it's the Spirit perpetuated him. We had a brother there in the congregation, very sensitive. He was having problems. And so I would preach about Moses and whatnot and his dedication. And so he set out, well, I'm going to break this thing. So uh, I'll go 40 days. I said, if you, go, if you go deep enough, anything can be broken, anything can be accomplished. And so uh, I went out of town for a meeting. And he locked up in the church. And so after so many days, the saints called me. I was down in Virginia. I said, the brother is there. He's locked up in the church. He said, he's going on a 40-day fast. You feel led? Well, I said, well, um, and uh, I knew that he was driven, but not by the Holy Ghost. Hmm. No, otherwise, I wouldn't have interrupted him if I thought he was, but I knew better. And I said, put him on the phone. I called him. I said, what's the situation? I said, now, he said, well, I'm going, and I won't be deterred. I said, well, now, wait a minute. I said, now, there's some other thing that you can do. And uh, why don't you do that? You can do something extreme here, and, and there's some other things that you could do that would, uh, would bring the results, and you're avoiding that. Mm. See, you're, you're, you're under deception. See, now, if you can do something uh, lesser, that's practical, that would bring the results, and you're going over some, and that's, that can be fanaticism. Mm-hmm. What if you see? You're going beyond the, the, the reasonable proportions. You follow me? And so, of course, and he, and he came off of it, you follow me, see. But now here's the situation, sure. You get this. Now, if you reflect in your life, the greatest spiritual success that you've ever had is when the only thing that matters with you was the spirit, heaven, and your spiritual success. You had offers that could have given you uh, uh, financial security, and you rejected them because they would interrupt your quest for God. Or not. And this kind of thing. See, I, I followed it closely. And in my own life, there's no way in the world I could have survived spiritually if I had taken some of the offers that I had. Religious offers. But uh, I could not be perfectly submitted to the Spirit. And I didn't feel prompted to the Spirit to... to uh, Make that venture. Why? Because uh, I wanted to please God, but there was an element of another motive there. Maybe success. Maybe to do something big and get my and, and get my name on the signboard. You can't do that. 
Holy Ghost know your, your motive and the intents of your heart. Yes. Okay, now, uh, he was driven by the Spirit. He was, but now, to be driven by the Spirit, the car, you got to turn the ignition on. The car can't do it itself. You got the, the ignition had to be turned on and used get under the wheel and, uh, and get from under the wheel, rather, from under the wheel. <laughs> and let God drive. The word of God is right. You get it. Just let's take it for face value. He was driven of the spirit. He didn't. Nobody coerced him to go. Nobody prompted him or threatened him. You got to do it. He was driven of the spirit. But he had such contact with God. He was. He was not afraid to give up, let go, and let God. Some of us are afraid to let go because we afraid God might ask us to do too much. Might ask us to sacrifice too much. Might ask us to stop this and stop that and put him first so we won't let him drive us. We paddled our own canoe. We were driven of the spirit. Let me tell you something. Mark my word, whether you do or not, a uh, hundred years from now, you wish you had. When you see what you did and what you might have done if you let the spirit drive you, you'll sit there, well, you might be looking back from eternity, saying what you should have done. And God said, remember what you could have been. Remember what you started out to be. Remember the attitude you had at the outset. That's why people can't stay safe. What? They, want to, they still want to hold on to, to part of life. They want the advantages of this life. Well, you want the best that's available for you. That's all right I mean, in some instances. But now here, but you've got to prioritize the spirit. See, we're bound by the spirit. Now, I want you to notice this scenario here. Just read a little more of that, please. And immediately the spirit driveth him into the wilderness. All right. And he was there in the wilderness 40 days. All right. Tempted of Satan. Yes. And was with the wild beasts. Mm -hmm. And the angels ministered unto him. Mm -hmm. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Now, I don't find any place in the Bible that suggested that he started out. Uh, and let me see now. Uh, I'm supposed to start my fast on January the 1st. And I'm to end it in the middle of February. There was, he was there under the Spirit, and the Spirit led him how far to go. Just, just, just follow me, just follow me, just follow me. And he was not afraid to trust the Spirit. The Spirit would not lead you to an extreme. It may be, uh, take you further than you want to go, but it would not lead you to an extreme. And, he, and you shouldn't be afraid to trust him. You'd trust Doctor, you trust other people, as many of you do. But you won't you be afraid to trust the spirit. He's not gonna leave, leave you into the extreme, something that's gonna be detrimental to you. But do you believe it? Do you have confidence in the Holy Ghost? Do you figure he's gonna lead you to, amen, off the over the deep end? God help us here. We better realign our thinking. Now, okay, let me show you something. Turn to Acts chapter 27, verse 18. Twenty-seven, eighteen. All right. And we being exceedingly tossed with a tempest. We being exceedingly tossed with a tempest. The next day they lightened the ship. Go on. And the third day we cast out with our ha own hands yes. the tackling of the ship. Go on. And when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared, uh -huh. and no small tempest lay on us, yes. all hope that we should be saved 
was then taken away. All hope that we should be saved would then be taken away. But after long abstinence. Hold, hold, hold. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Watch Paul here. Watch it. Watch it. And Jesus, watch the parallel. After long abstinence. Paul it, well, hold stood it. It, don't, it. don't say he had, Paul, I think I'm going on a two-day fast. It was open-ended. I have a quest here. There's a, there's a life and death situation here. There's a situation here that I just, I can't ignore. And I got to get before God. And the Bible says, if I ask and don't receive it, and then uh, if I Seek. prevail, what's the, next, what's the next step? Seek. Seek and don't find it. Knock. Then I'm going to knock. I'm going to the extreme. But I'm, it's there for me. And if I go far enough, I know I can get it. Because he promised it to me. If God promised it to me, if I go far enough, I can get it. Amen. He can't lie. I, I don't care what it is. If, if within his will, within his will, and if, you, if you're walking close enough to God, uh, you'll pray in the spirit, and you will pray according to the will of God. Amen. See, we're not playing no games, children. I'm, God knows I'm not going to play no game. I don't have many days left in the world. I, I'm, I take cognizance of that. But I want all that God has for me. And he's proven himself to me. And he continues to do it. And I, and I, I'm, I, told, I want to ride off on a white horse. That's my request. All the saints remember that. I, said, my, I have no other ambition. It's like God knows it. But to ride off on a white horse. Conquering and a conquer. Not for self-aggrandizement. But it's for me. And God is not discriminate. It's for those who will obey him. Give the Holy Ghost to them that obey him. And there's no limit. There's no limit. See, see, see God not prejudiced uh, and just randomly select somebody, but those who pay the price. And what? After long afternoon, what? Paul, I'm, I'm going to pray until I get the answer. I'm going to stay before God until I get the answer. I'll abstain until I get the answer. Many of us are in a mess right now. What? We prayed, got prayer, and we didn't get the results that we wanted. And now, your confidence in God is shaken right now. Because what, what? I prayed, and I called myself trusting God, and God didn't come through for me. Wait just a moment. Did you meet the criteria? All right, all right. Did you do all that God said do? Well, don't hold God here. You mess around and mess around and get reprobate. Going to accuse God. I prayed, and I had to lay hand on me, and nothing happened. Just a moment. Did you go through the process? Did you ask? Yes, I asked. Did you seek? Well, some. Did you knock? No, I don't think I knocked. Well, now you know why you didn't get it? You didn't. Bible says, uh, if we wait on the Lord, we can have the desire of our heart. If we wait long enough, we can have anything. Mm-hmm. On the Lord. I don't mean put God on a deadline or uh, on probation. Well, if it's going to come by Monday, well, I'm going to do this. Wait a minute. Well, you may be going to do it now. Mm-hmm. You don't put God on no, no time limit. You don't put God on no strain. If you don't do it by, by the time I say I'm going to do something else, don't do that. You can't. My God. You, you, you're going to warp your thinking here. You do what God say and let him determine the outcome. Yeah. It might be to the glory that he doesn't do it. It might be in your best interest. And you ought to have enough confidence in God to believe that he'll do his best for you. Amen. When you look back over life and see what the faith is messed up now. But if I just had waited on God and, and taken him at his word, look how different things would have been. Mm-hmm. Now look where I am now. I'm going to tell you things. 
And now, and when you mess around and get and, wreck, and make shipwreck of your faith, it's not, it, it's not, it doesn't come back like that. You play a game, play that with God, and say, well, I'm going I'm to deviate this time and go back to it. No, you, it's not like that. Yes, Your faith is not like a light switch. You can turn it on, and when you get in trouble, turn it back. Oh, you can't do that. Man. Man. Well, I'm, I'm just going to deviate to, to, and, and solve this one and not trust God next time. No, you're not. Mm. If you mess up your faith, you can't trust him. <laughs> That's That's now, it can be restored. It can be restored. But now, I'm not sure you were willing to go through what's necessary to restore it. That's the issue. Man. And so you just go on living on another level and say, well, I'm doing the best I can. And I well, no, just a moment. You better check yourself. Praise our God. All right? I said, when you are in, listen, see, when you are trusting God, then uh, the responsibility is God's. God is responsible to see you through. You follow me? He takes full responsibility when you end up walking in the spirit because you're obeying the spirit. You follow me? If you're obeying the Spirit, well, you're going to come out uh, on, on the winning side without doubt, without question in each case. All right, then? Now, the Holy Ghost has been the same in every age, even in creation. He moved on the face of the waters. It didn't just come on Pentecost. See, this, even in the Old Testament, those who performed exploits in the Spirit, they would, did it because of the Holy Ghost. Turn to Judges. Chapter 13, uh, Judges 13, 24. Yeah. I'll be 13, 24 what I want. Judges. And the woman bare a son. Yes. And called his name Samson. All right. And the child grew. Yes. And the Lord blessed him. Go on. And the spirit of the Lord began to move him. Yes. At times in the camp of Dan between Zorah and Eshtal. All right. Listen, for the sake of time. Uh, the spirit of the Lord was upon him. Oh, listen, listen. And when Samson took the Nazarite uh, vow, God was using him in a very special way. And you find, well, listen, and the spirit of God moved upon him. You follow me? He was driven by the spirit, and he was invulnerable. You couldn't touch him. I don't care who it was. You can, you can set trap for him. You can put an army against him, but he's going to prevail. What? what, what? Because uh, the Spirit of God was upon him. And, and he could only do it when the Spirit of God was upon him. You cannot believe God effectively unless the Spirit of God is upon you. See, you got to walk in the Spirit. You can't just walk, do what you want to do, and, my, and try to trust God, and when you don't come out on the top, you, you, you doubt God, and, and, and you accuse God. You can't do that. You're not in a position to trust God. That's the situation. And you can be, now you can just go to sleep and psych your mind. So I'm all right. Well, then, of course, you know. Everybody's right in their own eyes. All right, then. Give me Judges 16, 18. I'm going to show you something. 16, 18. Come on with it. And when Delilah saw that he had told her all his heart. When Delilah saw that he had told her all his heart. She sent and called for the lords of the Philistines. He called for the lords of the Philistines. Saying, come up this once. Come this once. For he had showed me all oh, his heart. Oh, he told me everything this time. Come on. Then the lords of the Philistines came up unto her. Go on. And brought money in their hand. All right. And she made him sleep upon her knees. All right. And she called for a man. 
and she caused him to shave off the right. seven locks of mm -hmm. his head. All right. And she began to afflict him. Yeah. And his strength went from him. All right. And she said, Philistines be upon thee, Go Samson. On. All right. Let's let follow the scenario here. Come on. And he awoke up out of his sleep. He woke out of his sleep. And said, said, I will go out as at other times. I'm going just like I did other times. And shake myself. Uh-huh. And he wist not that the Lord was departed from him. The Spirit of God was upon him. He was unconquerable. Nothing could stand before him. Do what you want to do. Bind him. Do unreasonable thing to him. And he would overcome it. But he messed around and exposed his, uh, his success item to the devil. And God departed from him. You mess around here and make a faltering step here. And, uh, and then God depart from you. And then you cannot perform. And then you want to hold God. You want to try to doubt and, and, uh, and questioning God because of your lack. Not because God didn't come as he should. Not because he was not true to his word. But you did, you uh, mess around and expose yourself to a detrimental source. And now God departs. And that power that you had to walk one through truth and jump over a wall, you have that power no more. Or well, it's not there anymore. And now you're just going through a, uh, a ceremony until you just decide to throw it, out, throw it all the way out the window. I'm not getting away anyway, so. Mm. And then you're going to start criticizing the saints who trust God. Or you, now you're getting in trouble. Mm. Because I, I, used to feel, I used to be in that bag. Mm. But I learned better. Oh, did you? Well, your experience is not better. God have mercy upon us. Come on, come on, come on. And now, the people, they're not even seeking God anymore to, to, to try to restore it. You got comfortable. You conceded defeat. I went through this, this Anderson church here in the Detroit that I came out of. He's in the big city of Detroit. And so he's just a new pastor. And they had told him about me and all this kind of thing. And so, uh, he said, I find nothing in Detroit with all those churches of God. So the cabin was there. One of them had about over 800 members. And all of those exploits and miracles that I read, she was a part of that congregation. All right. And so, uh, and so he heard about me, and he contacted me. And he came to one of our youth services. He said, I receive more here than I receive all the time in Detroit. And we won't, and bring the congregation over. All right, situation. And so uh, he saw what God had done when they were under the direct influence and auspices of the Holy Ghost. And now it's no more. Mm. And he realized because what? Samson did not realize that God had left him. Well, he should have known if I can't perform like I used to under the auspices of the Holy Ghost, then he must not be there. See, be honest with yourself. Somebody testified here. See, uh, be honest with yourself. And assess your own self. It's your soul. You're not doing us a favor. It's your soul you're trying to save. And your life and your experience you're trying to save, salvage. See, now this is the situation. You don't find many people who, who are even seeking that anymore. See, I've known people, they want, 
uh, maybe some coming and uh, hold a meeting or some come a missionary or something, and that's why, and uh, they see one of the sisters, and, and they have a safety pin trying to uh, burn up that skirt, be passing all through the meeting. And I mean, and safety pin just they're dressed all uh, folded up here. Because they didn't lost so much weight from fasting before God. And they broke out with the power of God. I mean, they meant to lay hands on you, praise our God. And then God, and God would, would respond. This is the situation, see. But now people have gotten commonplace. There's a spirit of lethargy and sleepiness. And, uh, and non, nonchalant. And, and, uh, and people have become accustomed to that. They've been traumatized by that. And now they're not disturbed anymore. They know that there's a, something has left me. I'm not the same. And you, then you put on other people. Well, I don't see anybody doing anything. They're in the rut too. Well, that wouldn't help you if everybody's in the rut. I'm concerned about myself. Everybody's, that's up to them. To each his own. Save your own self. Praise our God. Here we are. So, so now here we are. Thank God. Listen. Now, if you would put forth a, a special effort, and, you know, so let's go on a two-day fast. Well, most people would go with you. But now, but a way of life. They're not going to go that far. This will be my way of life. Paul said, I keep under my body. I keep under my body. Not just for one occasion. Not because the church is doing it. But, I, but my own self. Because if I preach of others, I'd be a castaway if I let it get out of control. If I, if I revert from that, uh, that experience and that, and that practice that called me to have power, and because I got in the flesh for self-eating and not controlling my natural appetites, then I'd be preaching others, but I own myself, I'd be a castaway. So if I let, it, if I let my body get away, I'd, I'd be a castaway. The Word of God says it. And that's what happened. You're trying to preserve the flesh by giving, satisfying it and giving it, and, and that is appetites. We're not. And, and you know, you don't want to give that up. That's too much of sacrifice. You know, we, we know, we know that you got to do some things to exist, but you, you don't have to be extreme to exist. You don't have to prioritize the flesh to exist. You don't have to do that. And, and you check the situation. Anyone who have had any uh, power to speak of, check their lives in the Bible and otherwise. The, the Bible and otherwise. That's the situation. And they wouldn't be deterred. But now, when they did deter, and that same minister, I wish I would... Had time to read the rest of that sister. sister. She knows it. She knows what happened to the individual, the, the preacher that did those exploits and opening blind eyes. She that was her pastor. She knows the detail and all those pictures in that book. She said, I know everybody up there. And when they were performing, when they were casting out devils on, on, on the platform and whatnot. She she was a part of the congregation. That's why I wanted her there because but now she saw it go down, too. They began to compromise, and, and, the, and the Spirit of God left them. They still tried to do the same thing, but it got no results. And they had to try to find excuses for their loss. When I used to believe this, I, wait a moment, you used to believe that, and you used to get results, too. And you stop doing it, and you get no results. You know, that's what I told you the other night. And I was talking to little Nathan, and I, uh, because... He was just a, a boy, maybe five or six, seven years old, down the mountain table. And what attracted me, to, I, had knew, I knew nothing about Springfield congregation. What attracted me, especially, and, and, and helped to confirm me, I went down there, and I saw Sister Kendall and those 
exchanging arms for this big young man, the big boy, and they was so diligent and so at the camp meeting, and I wanted to know what was the matter. And so they had a little rag or something over here. He had no heel. I had my man showed me the other day. <laughs> Let me see, man, <laughs> what time you heel. I'm going to see what you, see what you got. You got, did you leave a hole? <laughs> Whatever case that was. And I, mean, I hadn't pulled his shoes off. Because <laughs> I, I hadn't seen him in 25 years, baby. And so, anyway, and so, and the boy got a, a, a brand new heel. <laughs> I don't mean no, no patched up heel, no, no, that's something that somebody sewed back on. It's there. It was a hole up in his foot, a big holler. Had no heel at all. And, and, and the saints of God carrying around in their arms. Sister Kennedy and Sister uh, uh, Robinson carried around, big old boy just carrying around. That's my God, what dedication. What trust in God, trust in God. And I'm not talking about no bad cold. I mean something that was visible that you could not gainsay. I mean some a big old hole where the heel was, was, if you please. And God gave him, well, I wish he was here, maybe show it to you. <laughs> Maybe that a conviction. <laughs> Let him know in time so he can wash his feet. Okay, anyway, so. <laughs> praise God, praise God, praise God. Amen. But, this, but now, that same preacher messed around and, and began to grow so fast. He had over 800 people there all over the town of Detroit. He took the, taking Detroit by force. And then uh, there was a, a lucrative congregation. Got a covetous spirit and, and Want to start going after money and stuff, and lost his anointing. More concerned about his temporal welfare than was the spiritual. And God, said, God, you can't play no game with me. And God withdrew that power. And the last time I saw him was in Fort Hospital, and the nurse said, "Reverend, time to take your medicine, big old pills." I looked at him. That's the last time I saw him. I went to see him in the hospital. The man who had laid hands on the blind, but he lost it. But he, but he kept on going. He kept on preaching. He had some, some success. Well, T.D. Jake had more success too, 30,000 people. For that concern, but I witnessed this. That's why I'm so stirred today. That's why I'm so concerned about my situation. I would talk about my children tell me all the time about some exploits that were done in the family. When my son, uh, I think it was, I believe it was, coming down the stairway, and he caught his finger in that in those rails, and it tore that thumb and brought it around here on his foot. And his dad, they looked out hollering deliriously, and wake me up at night. What happened? Look at the fake his, his thumb tore off, whatever the case was. And I said, Well, I woke up. I said, In the name of Jesus Christ, fuck. <laughs> they they can't forget that. Mm. In one situation after another. But now I said, Lord, now here, wait a minute. Now, if I don't care what happened, maybe I had trouble in, in, along the way, maybe I'm aging, but now if I did something that now I can't do, well, is there a reason? Can I excuse it by saying I'm getting older? What about when you're in old age, I carry you, so I, I can't use that. Oh, may God have me something. Is, is time a necessary deterrent? You, like, Sam, like Solomon, you gonna, are you going to necessarily backslide because you get old? Most people do. I mean, they, they, they might not go out and do something because they can't do it because they not have the capability. But now, but they get worldly 
and they and feel concerned about trying to live when life is over. Mm. That's tough, isn't that tough? They're still glimmering for just a little bit more of life, and life is already over. Mm -hmm. I, I preached uh, a message one time. I got a little card down at the drugstore that says, uh, the party is ended. Mm. And so uh, it said, uh, the, the little rhyme that was saying, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. Time is short, so party I must. <laughs> mm. And not that the party's over. Mm. And so... Uh, I said, I seen a guy maybe had a dance or something down there, and now we he get high and back in the corner of sleep now, head drunk, and we go, can I have another, uh, can I have another dance? Man, the party's over. <laughs> another dance. You couldn't dance anyway, you couldn't stand up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Still trying to, the party's been over, and he's still trying to find get something out of it. One more, give me one more shot. <laughs> you almost got shot. <laughs> Praise God. Listen, listen, listen. Back to Acts quickly, please. Give me verse 22. And now, behold, I go bound in the spirit. I'm bound in the spirit. In, unto Jerusalem. Go on. Not knowing the things that shall befall me right. there. Save that the Holy Ghost witnesseth in every city. Go on. Saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. Mm -hmm. But none of these things move me. We've been, I'm not moved. See, listen, listen, listen. Let me show you something. I told you before about when I was uh, boxing well, I leveled the boy who won the championship. And so uh, he was uh, down to the gym. But I had left. I hadn't seen him in a long time. But he was with, and one of the policemen came in, and they were uh, doing karate and whatnot. And I said, uh, he said, what about Joe? He said, yes, man, I was down to the gym with him not long ago. And I said, uh, he's not boxing anymore. I said, what are you doing? Karate. He said, what happened? He made it tough. He said, you can't move him. See, you can't flip him if you can't move him. Mm -hmm. See, you can't seduce a young woman if you can't move her. Mm -hmm. See, well, some more guys said, wait a minute. Let me, t let me talk to her. I got a line. She, I, 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 I found a weak spot. Mm -hmm. I, I, I found a vulnerability. I find it. But see, I, but I got to move her first. And I got to work at it. And then I find, as I move her, I got her. But as long as she's still fast, you know, see, see you, you can't flip him if you can't move him. Paul, you don't move me. Paul, you can't back me back off my conviction because you can't move me. Not because I don't care. It makes no difference with me. Uh, I'm, my co whole concern is to magnify Christ whether by living or by dying. So you can't you move me. So you, so you, you can howl. You're going to die. You're going to do this. You're going to lose your money. You're going you're gonna to have to go to the poor house. Say what you want to say. You're not going to move me. I'm not going to it. We're not going to discuss that. That's non-negotiable. See, that's why people backslide and go, go into apostasy, still around the church. Where, see, they get moved. They don't go outside altogether, but they move from what they were standing on. They're moved. They don't quit, but they're, they, but they're moved. And now it's not the same anymore. It's not the same anymore. Now, either they recapture that, but now some people don't have the determination to get into it. Lord, if I die in, 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 in my effort, I don't care. But I'm, I'm going to get it, but die. Give me my anointing back, or I die. Make me no difference. See, listen. Uh, see, he didn't get emotional at all. I'm not even bothered about it. None of these things move me. I know I'm going to be bound. I don't care. But let me show you something here. Just listen. 
the consequences of being moved. Come on with it. But none of these things move me. None of these things move me. Neither count I my life dear Neither unto count myself. Neither count I my life dear unto myself. So that I might finish my course with joy. Wait a minute. If I'm getting moved, I can't finish my course with joy. I'm going to finish with an incomplete. I've done well. I made passing grades. But if I get moved, I'm going to end up with an incomplete. I'm going to end up with something less than a degree. What God have messed up on us. Be moved on. Now, this is a situation, surely. Don't you know, dear one, you can't play with your convictions. You can't do that. If God give it to you, and, and he blesses you because of it, he might not, he, not, he came as a bellhop boy to God, but God didn't come to you when you said it. You didn't get saved when he told you to get saved. Mm. He waited on you 25 years, didn't he? Why can't you wait on him a few days? Mm. I waited on the Lord, I prayed. Well, ain't that sad? You go say after 35 or 40 years, praise our God, doing what you want to do, and uh, God waited on you and, and saved you, and now because God don't come like a bellhop boy, when you ring the bell, you're going to do something else. God time and time again lets you sin in his face. And he may try to cover his face and wait on you until perhaps you get convicted and bless you and bring you out. And now, because he doesn't run to your defense, don't you have a, let you have a pain for a couple of days, let you have a hard part economically, then you're going to Look to something else, some other source. Well, God help us. God help us. Paul says, now I got to go. Paul says, now I've, I've been an example to you in every detail. I've taught you I, with tears. What does verse 32 say? And now, brethren, uh -huh. I commend you to God. Go on here. And to the word of his grace, yes. which is able to build you up yes. and to give you an inheritance among all them which are sanctified. Go on with it. I have coveted no man's silver uh -huh. or gold or yes. apparel. Yes. Yea, ye yourselves know that these hands have ministered. Folks, I've, I've got to go, man. I've lived exemplary life before you. You've seen my performances. I pray the prayer of faith for you. I've taught you the doctrine and everything else. Go on with it. I have showed you all things. Yes. How that so laboring, ye ought to support the weak. Go on. And to remember the words of the Lord Jesus, all how right. he said, Go on. it is more blessed to give than to receive. All right. And when he had thus spoken, he nailed down. I want to back up, back up where he said, uh, uh, give me verse 28. Take heed therefore unto yourselves. Go on. And to all the flock mm -hmm. over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers yes. to feed the church of God, yes. which he hath purchased with his own, own blood. blood. For I know this, yes. that after my departing, Wait a minute. all of my preaching, all of the miracles that you saw, all of the blessings that I bestowed upon you, the way I kept you down through the years, kept you a church of God, kept the standards, Kept the doctrine intact. Would let you go off in one cleansing. Would let you abandon your faith. I did that for you. Go on with it. For I know this, that after my departing, as soon as I leave, 
shall grievous wolves enter in among you, uh -huh. not sparing not the flock. Not sparing the flock. Also of your own God, self. And they're going to be saying, of your own self. Shall men arise. Yes. Speaking perverse things. Perverse things. To draw away disciples. Oh, that's not them. necessary. That's his thing. That's, that's, that's the way he sees it. We ain't got to live and suffer. We ain't got to walk around and pray that our God here, your husband messed up on you, and you can't get you another one. Hmm. And that, 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 that's fanatical. I, you, you didn't do nothing. Grievous wolves, you got, you got too many folks to deal with, and you, that's why you don't have no congregation. Not no church of God. You're not going to have a church of God. That's why you, you better, you better, you better interview your prospects. Many times people, we want to cut the baby in half just to get that part of it. Hmm. They'll compromise just to get a position. But, and, but they do it subtly. They don't just say, I don't believe it, but they just do it. Well, you know, yeah. But God understands. You know, well, you know, everybody don't have the same. Wait a minute. Mm -hmm. Wait a minute. We understand. You, you better pray and pray hard. They, they're so shrewd. They, they can talk you right out of your conviction. You know, you, you know I, that's right. I see what you're talking about. Well, you see it wrong. <laughs> you see it, but you see it wrong. Praise oh, God. This is it. And this is, you know, what? That's where we are, where we are today. When uh, the ministry all got together where I knew them. And uh, they had a meeting. When I first came with the ministers and the charges that I had, they had with me, you're too close to a Carl Kennedy. Hmm. That was the charge they had against me. 40 years ago. What charge you got against him? You don't believe in wife swapping. <laughs> 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 oh, what a shame. My God, have mercy. Have mercy, have mercy, have mercy, have mercy. Have mercy. <laughs> Better check yourself, thank God. Better check yourself. I'm going to tell you the truth. Your, your quest going to be wrong. And you see, you can't have two masters. You can't serve two masters. God and mammon. You know, trying to feather your nest here and covetous. You know what I mean? You're doing everything else, you know, all this kind of stuff. That's more than adequate, and you're still, you're still clamoring for more. And, 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 and you're neglecting your spiritual activity. You may go to church often and whatnot, go to prayer meeting, but I mean the real spiritual aspect of it. That would hold the church up and hold it together. And that, that's secondary. Leave it to one or two saints who are going to bear the burden stand in the gap. Mm. One or two poor saints got to, got to carry the burden here and do the fast and do the prayer and do the sacrificing. Mm. While we do not have to feather in our nest and living luxuriously and trying to get the highest office in the church. Oh, dear one, let me say this. Uh, listen, I'm going to have to let you go, children. Uh, you only reliable. Get this. Let's, let's read this. Give me Second Peter one nineteen quickly. We have also a more sure word of prophecy. Now listen, listen closely. The sure word of prophecy. Whereunto you do well that you take heed. You do well that you take heed. As unto a light that shineth in a dark place. Yes. Until the day dawn. Uh -huh. And the day star arise in your heart. In your heart. Knowing this first, knowing this first, that no prophecy of the Scripture is of any private no, interpretation. No, no, what? 
prophecy of no the scripture, of the scripture, of the scripture is, of any is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in the old time by the will of man. Now you get this. Go on. For the prophecy came not in old it time. It didn't come in the old time by the will of man. But holy men of God yes. spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Bound by the Spirit. If they had not been, the Bible would be no more than a magazine. No, no inspiration. And everything you got is all this. But the men bound by the Spirit. How are we going to be loose in our living? And all we got is a lot of loose rhetoric and loose talk. And, the, and your soul and your well-being is all predicated on the Word of God. But those men were, not, were bound by the Spirit who wrote it. They dig, every step they took, every word that they wrote was, was uh, actuated by the Spirit. Not a lot of random stuff here, not a, just a lot of the theological concepts, but by the Spirit of God. And now, how are we going to uh, uh, even uh, give you something here and not of the Spirit? Mm. We, we got the Bible through the Spirit, and it's in erring. How are we going to do it? Doing what we want to do and just doing something beating in the water. Just doing something for God for external benefits. Because they were moved of the Spirit. That's why you rely on it. That's why you put your life on it. Because they wrote that they were moved of the Spirit. When the Word of God says, I'll give all I got to it. For it. Because they were written by those who were bound in the Spirit. That's how important it is. That's how necessary it is that we be bound in the Spirit. And then I'm going to tell you this. God in heaven knows. If I get to a place where I cannot live like that, I, I'll let you go. I, tell, I, won't, I won't mess with it. I just sit down and, and hope I get right. I'm not going to put your, your life and soul in my hand here. And I know I'm, no, I'm, I'm just doing something here because I know how to do it. Mm -hmm. Because I know what to do and all this kind of stuff. I can put it together. Definitely not. If I thought I have to offer, I, I, well, I just, I, I'll, I'll just let you have it. We're not playing no good thing. I'm going through this thing one time. I can't be wrong about this. I cannot fall short about this. That's why I'm coming to this situation. And you find over in the Bible what Paul and those was so obsessed with the Holy Ghost, the Bible says, when they went there, they were forbidden of the Holy Ghost. They just do something here, haven't prayed it through nothing, I'm ready to try this, I'm ready to try this, and the Holy Ghost haven't prompted you at all. You know what I mean? Like, like our Samuel and Saul, because Samuel delayed coming back, Saul, I'm going to try to preach. He said, what wants you? Hmm. Wait a minute, you, who, you, God, you, you don't, you're not anointed for this. Paul, you might be anointed to preach, but not here. This is a tremendous thing, children. I'm going to tell you something. Bound in the Spirit. We, we, can't, we can't degenerate from this. Otherwise, you may, it don't make no difference what you do after that. If you lose that, it doesn't make matter. You just need to be in the mind of more. If, you, if, you, if you're going to pray this thing through and be bound in the Spirit here, and every step you make is of the Holy Ghost, and in the interest of the Holy Ghost and the kingdom, you may just do what you want to do. Because you, you, you're not going away anyway. This is a tremendous thing we're dealing with here. And, and only that, but now, when they're bound in the Spirit, they went, when Paul and those were going preaching, they fasted and they laid hands on them to separate me, Paul and Barnabas, for this job. They didn't boat. They didn't sit up and go around with the clicks and clans and try to sit by the side door. Then God, the, God, the Holy Ghost had to tell me. And that's it. And then, and after that, 
every move they made, even when they sent them out, had to be of the Holy Ghost. They went down and said, we're going to preach here. The Holy Ghost, no. Well, Lord, you send me out to preach. I know they're not here. Oh, you got to be meticulous about this thing. It went into the next place. A lot of people were there. We're going to set up tent here. No, no, not here either. Well, just a minute. What is this all about? And after a while, there was one individual who said, come over in Macedonia and help us. That's it. Suppose they had stopped there because it looked lucrative and a lot of, pe- a lot of people there. And they said, oh, yeah, revival. And a thousand people got saved to his credit. Oh, that would have been good. Put on the sign, would. Got such an anointing. One man down in Macedonia said, come and help us. They were forbidden of the Holy Ghost to stop at these other places, but they were bound by the Spirit. And, they wouldn't, and I wouldn't dare go against the Holy Ghost. I don't care how good it seems and how lucrative it might seem and how many people might get saved and then I not use that as an anointing. No, that's not what I want. I know what, I know what, I know what the benefit is. I know what you ought to be. I know what you should be doing. So whatever else you do, it don't even matter. I don't care if 10,000 people get saved. I understand that more than you do. Holy men would move by the Holy Ghost. That's all going to matter. That's the only guaranteed success. The only guaranteed success. You can organize. You can do what you want to do. But there's no guaranteed success unless we're bound by the Spirit. You're bound by the Spirit. You're praying the Spirit. And the Bible says, are praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Because, then, because why, why you got to pray in the Spirit? Because the Spirit knows the mind of God. Yes, yes. And, and he knows what's acceptable with God. And he'll only ask for that which will glorify God and get a result. You, know, you can pray, you know, you can know how to holler, holler loud and, and snort and, and growl and everything else. And you won't get nowhere in the Spirit. It's praying in the Spirit. Being holy and releasing yourself to God, not throwing off of somebody in your prayer, and all this kind of thing, not reflecting on somebody in your prayer, but praying in the Spirit. Because then, then too, the Spirit will tell you what, because there's something you shouldn't pray for. Mm-hmm. Some people shouldn't pray for. <laughs> you, I, I ain't got time to go into that tonight. Oh, and think, think uh, First John chapter five sixteen. Not now, not now. We're gonna close. But anyway, when you. It's dead on everybody. You don't lay hands on everybody. Mm-hmm. You, you, and, and the saints of old, wait a minute. Are you clear? What about this? What about that? Well, I don't want you to lay hands on me. Well, you're going to die. Well, let me die. I'll die quicker if I had to mess with you. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. At least I got a chance to overcome it. But if I mess with you, I'm, I'm sure you're going to die. Because what you have is counterproductive. I'm finished. The ball's in your court. <laughs>